You're listening to For Fork's Sake, and I'm Beck Perino. Please join me for conversations about the emotional space between why we cook and why we eat and have a forking good time. Food and fitness, two words that when placed together can cause some considerable anxiety for some. Yet others seem to have found a way to enjoy both simultaneously without incredible amounts of stress. Hayden Laws is a head coach on a team of experienced and genuine people at Alpha Team Fitness in Sydney. He is insanely knowledgeable in tailoring individualised programs for his clients and wonderful enough to personally journey alongside them to reach their fitness goals. Hayden's perspectives and experiences with nutrition are so well balanced that it's hard not to be inspired by his approach. I talk him up a lot and he deserves it. Hayden has coached me for the past couple of years. As someone who has experienced a stringent, depletive and depriving approach to dieting for physique and results, Hayden has completely altered my perspectives on food for the better. He has helped me to better understand macronutrients, tracking what I eat and how this can actually be a powerful tool in learning how to be more intuitive and free to enjoy a variety of food to better suit my lifestyle. Though Hayden and I have found tracking to be a functional, positive and appropriate tool for our active lifestyles, we reinforce that this has been essential to our personal goals in fitness. We both encourage individuals to find a stress-free, holistic approach to food tailored to their unique lifestyle. Welcome Hayden, it's great to have a chat with you today. I'm really looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts today since I miss having our little food chats when I come into Alpha to train with you. So let's get straight into it. And um, I thought it would be really great to start off with how I came to realize that you had this incredibly positive relationship with food. So cast your mind back to when I first started training with you and I started sharing Um, information about my years of depriving my body of variety and flavor in order to keep my body in this competition form all year round. So I'm thinking you must hear a lot about the various diets that your clients have tried. So things for weight loss and muscle gain and getting shredded. When you hear all of this, how do you feel about these so-called crash diets and bro science that circulates amongst gym goers and your clients? Um, well, to start off with, I'm completely against it. Um, and like, you'd be surprised how often I, I get clients and they share stories with me similar to yours where, um, and not always they've gone through that, um, bodybuilding comp prep phase where, um, like they've been prepping for a competition. Sometimes it's just diets they've tried in general and they've been on, like people will come to me and say, They've been on calories. They've tried tracking in there. They've been on calories as low as like 800 to 1,000. Um, and then the types of food that people describe to me, then the meals that they're having where like they're, they're taking out whole macronutrients like carbohydrates and um, just like completely restrictive diets, um, which I'm completely against. Like they're called diets for a reason because they're, they're often – a big change from what people are used to eating, um, which makes them hard to follow to begin with. Um, yeah, they're no like fun. The, I've been there. We've, yeah, you know, yeah. we've done the carb cutting and low fat diet, and it, it doesn't it doesn't come natural. So it's not enjoyable, and it's really hard to make that a lifestyle. And you know, you do feel like you're forcing your body into a mold almost. 
even though, you know, you can get really lost in it and, you know, really consistent in what you're doing, it still feels forceful. It still feels unnatural. Yeah, 100%. Like, and they're hard to follow before you even factor in things like training. Like, for example, a keto diet where you're basically, you're all but cutting out carbs. When you go into the gym, if you're someone who's doing weights training, when you come into the gym, the carbohydrates, that's, that's your main source of fuel. If you're not, if you're not having an adequate intake of carbohydrates before your session, if you're not putting the right fuel into your body to train, you're going to have a shit session. Yeah, exactly. So, um, do you think that you, do you think that even people that don't train, it's still bad not to include carbs. It's a main, it's a main source of nutrition. You need carbohydrates, even if you're not, you know, an avid gym goer, you're not into weight training and whatnot. You still, you still need that. You still need that macronutrient. Yeah. And and a lot of the time, that's where we get a lot of our fiber from like our low GI carbs. So you're like, you're completely cutting out a whole macronutrient. Um, And as well, it's not just about, the nutrition side of it or the fact that you're cutting out a macronutrients how, like how many foods are you cutting out or restricting from your diet now that you're saying i'm not going to have something that has carbs in it like you've just eliminated a whole bunch of, of food that you can have so it's going to make cooking hard um when you go out in social settings it's going to be very hard to eat as well yeah been there <laughs> it's depressing yeah. it's very they, depressing yeah. Yes. All right. Well, we've spoken a little bit about macronutrients. So um, just give us a bit of insight into what, you know, tracking and macros mean to you in, in, your, in, in your world, not just the advice that you give your clients, but do you think that, um, you know, tracking and, and understanding macronutrients is really something that emphasizes balance to complement your results in your training? Yes. For me, Personally, for me, yes, it does. Um, so what I do, my my training is is powerlifting training. It's strength training, um, and to get the best results in in strength training, um, to, well, to get stronger, it's ideal to be in a calorie maintenance or a surplus. Um, and for me, with the amount of calories that I need to eat to be at a maintenance or surplus, I just find that tracking my calories helps me or yeah it's the best way for me to to basically ensure that i'm meeting those requirements it's like having a training program yeah we we know that with training to to progress to get stronger to build muscle you need to progressively overload your sessions and the best way to do that is with a program if you don't have a program and you come into train sometimes you might do that sometimes you might not but with a program, you, you can program that that overload, um, and it's the same it's the same concept when it comes to tracking your food. It's just a way of ensuring that you're doing the right things to get towards your goal, not guessing. Yeah, and with your macros, do you ever feel like you need to be strict on um, the actual food that you're eating, or do you just see it as a really really great way to have a little bit more freedom around? what you're consuming and what you feel like at that moment. So say you've got like you get to the end of the day and you've still got, you know, miraculously 100 grams of carbs left in the bank. Do you just feel like, okay, I've got 100 grams of carbs, I can eat whatever, or are you like, oh, I better go and make myself some 
steamed brown rice or get myself a couple of pieces of wholemeal toast? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Definitely gives me more freedom with the flexible dieting. Um, and for anyone, it would give you more freedom um, because it's like, say, if you have a goal that requires, say your goal is weight loss. Like if you're in that calorie deficit, that that is the main, that is the most important part. So it, it gives you a bit more freedom around um, the types of food that you eat because you know if, say you, you want to have ice cream for dessert or something, as long as you have a portion of ice cream that at the end of the day is going to help you come under that calorie target, put you in a calorie deficit, then you know you're going to lose weight. Um, for example, if you weren't tracking your food, then you come to the end of the day and you feel like some ice cream. How do you know what what serving to give yourself to to stay in that deficit you might accidentally put too much in if you're not tracking you're not weighing and it's going to put you over and a lot of people think that it's the type of food it's just having that ice cream that made them go over and put on weight but in fact it's the quantity yeah definitely tracking gives you a lot more freedom um and it's something that i encourage with a lot of my clients especially when they're first starting out because it's also a very good educational tool as well yeah you do you learn a a lot about what you're really coming under in terms of the macronutrients like most people don't realize that they're probably not eating enough protein especially if they do train which is something that you and I realized really quickly was I felt like I had a really high protein low carb diet but it was really just a low calorie diet and I wasn't consuming enough protein at all so which is the um, case with most people. They gen- most people generally they under eat protein and they they underestimate underestimate how many calories they eat. Yeah. So with all this in mind, I know with me the tracking and how informative you've been with it, and you know the mentorship has been really helpful because before I used to be like, well, I know how many calories is in a green apple and I'm just going to eat that green apple six days a week before, you know, I do any kind of exercise or that's just going to be my staple afternoon tea. But now that I understand tracking and I understand, um, you know, looking at your macros a little bit more, I know that I can, you know, have an orange if I want to have an orange or I can swap that out for a rice cracker with peanut butter or something like that because I understand it. So at what point in your career do you think you really came to understand tracking and macronutrients and find this beautiful balance? Did you have some kind of mentor yourself? Did you learn it in your educational journey? Where was it? Uh, For me, it would definitely be when I had my first nutrition coach, um, Paolo. So he, he basically taught me. That was the first time that I... I had tracked before, but I would say that is the first time that I was 100% in on tracking and and really did it properly for a consistent period of time, um, enough to see the results from it. Um, And he was the one that really taught me about flexible dieting and and a lot of those kind of methods that I um, give to my clients these days, I learned from him. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell everybody a little bit about Paolo? Like I know him, but I've never worked with him before, but I know that our circle of, you know, mates, they all know Paolo, but a lot of listeners won't know anything about him. So do you want to just tell everybody about who Paolo is so he gets a 
a little bit of a shout out as well because he is really, really great with teaching people around food. I remember when I was competing alongside a couple of mates who had Paolo coach them, I'm eating my crackers and my and my apple and yeah. they're having oregano bakery scrolls and I'm like, what the hell? Aren't you, aren't you competing on the same day as me? How are you eating scrolls and I'm here eating crackers? Yeah. So let's talk yeah, about Paolo. So, yeah, so Paolo um, is a – I think he does mostly comp prep sort of coaching um, and he was doing my nutrition. Um, I wasn't prepping for – bodybuilding comp or anything i was doing more strength training um and prepping for powerlifting so he he helped me a lot with that um yeah he's pretty good like yeah i've seen some incredible results come out of what he does and i mean there's no one size fits all approach but macro counting really just does work like i've seen people who just have been you know so skeptical and thinking there's no way i can include you know, ice cream two times a week in my diet and think I'm going to lose weight. Like that's just off limits. I have to deprive myself of that. But when you really do understand it and you have someone like Paolo who can um, mentor you through it, and even now yourself with this knowledge, you do realize that you don't have to miss out on anything. And maybe it is just about, you don't need to have the green apple today. Skip the green apple and leave those calories if you really do want to have that dessert with your family after dinner, you know, and it's going to equate to the same results if you stick to those calories and those macros. So, yeah, I think Paolo's really good for the industry and I think that anyone that he's mentored has done, you know, wonders for people's mental state when it comes to um, just sports nutrition in general because it doesn't have to be as scary as what it sounds like to a lot of people no um yeah yeah and like you were saying before with the um like the tracking and if you wanted to just have that bit extra dessert with your family um I just wanted to add on that like 100% if you um if you're with your family and you and you say you want to have a piece of cake for example and you know that's going to go over your calories on that day. Well, that's completely fine as well. Enjoy it. Just eat a little bit less the next day. Um, yeah. When For me, when I look at um, calories and, and targets and that, I look at them over the week instead of the day because you're not always going to um, be spot on with your calories during that day. Sometimes you might go over, sometimes you might come under, but as long as you, you hit those goals within the week or – within a, a, like an extended period of time, you're going to get the same results. Yeah, and that's something that we've definitely worked on together as well, which has helped with, yeah. you know, it really does help with your mental health because if you've got a party coming up or it's, you know, your birthday or it's a religious holiday or whatever, you don't want to be thinking, oh, I've got to stick to my, you know, 1,800 calories a day. You want to be thinking, I just want freedom around food and I'll just, you know, give a – I'll obviously still consider what I'm eating and try and track it as best possible, but I'll just make up for it through the week. Like if I've had well and truly over my carbs and my protein, then maybe the next day I can just take it a little bit easier or whatever. So, yeah, that's been really, really good. Yeah. Um, and if you go over 200 calories in one day, who cares? Just in the next four days eat 50 calories less. Yeah, which isn't that hard. It's not no, that hard. It's like easy. one spoon less of, you know, your food at each meal. Like when what's yeah. one spoon when you think about it? But um, I, think that's, um, I think that's where a lot of people kind of 
like they'll fall off the wa the, the wagon there and they'll fall off track when they might go over a day and think it's completely ruined their um, their progress and then they'll just bomb out and just they'll pig out on food and and that's where it really goes wrong. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. The binge can happen when you feel like you yeah, failed. Like it's you, natural. If you have one meal or one day where you go over, it's it's really not that big of a deal. It's very easy to come back from. Very easy to make up. Yeah. All right. So let's have a talk about your day to day then when it comes to food. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about how lots of people deprive them of certain things. And I'm assuming that your days are varied, like you don't tend to eat the same meal every single day. But do you have anything staple that you include in your diet and do they get boring for you or do you love them? Are you attached to certain foods? How do you feel about certain foods that you eat regularly? Oh, that's a big question. Um, for me, I don't really have, well, I, I kind of do have staple foods, um, especially at the moment where we're kind of limited in like where we can shop. And um, like, for example, I'm eating a lot of fish at the moment because the, the fish markets for me is, just within that range that we can go. Yeah. Um, as opposed to where I used to go, the meat emporium, which is a lot, which is way out of range. So, um, and when I go there, I'll, I'll bulk buy my meat. So a lot of the time, like I will have a staple within that week. Like I might go, for example, this week I'm going between like um, barramundi, ling and salmon. Um, but in terms of, like what my day-to-day -day would look like. So um, as you know, I'm big on tracking. I do track for myself at the moment because that that is the best way for me to hit my goals in terms of strength. So that's something that I do. And I do have targets within that. Like, for example, I'll try and get my five veggies and two fruits, things like that. Yeah. Um, I also have staple, like a, a structure in terms of a structure around the meals that I have. So when I think of a meal and what I'm going to have, it's more, I want to have a protein source, a carb source and a veggie source. Um, they're the main things that I look at. Um, and then a fiber, sorry, a fiber source in there as well. And then I'll, I'll pick ingredients that will help me reach those targets. Yeah. But you're not like, you're not saying, I know what I used to do. Um, Sunday morning, I used to get into the kitchen with my six containers <laughs> I no, used to uh, not, kind of like for each day I would have my, you know, my oats and protein in a jar <laughs> and I had my salad and my little tin of tuna with it and nighttime was always either, you know, a piece, a very small piece of red meat with same thing, broccoli or beans yep. and steamed rice or something like that. So, yeah, so what I'm, I guess I'm trying to ask is do you ever get bored of how you eat? No, because I'm always varying it up. Like I'm not this person who's, like you said on on Sunday, you're you were cooking like your six or seven days worth of meals. Um, I don't I don't really do that. I'm more I'm also ingredient prep rather than meal prep. So, like for example, if I'm cooking a piece of if I'm cooking some meat for a day, like for my meal that day, I'll cook extra so I can put it in a container, put it in the fridge, and have it another day. And I'll do that with like my say my sweet potatoes or my carb sauce, my veggies, 
and I'll have a few different containers that are in the fridge. And then on, on a certain day, I'll just pick out whatever I want and can, and make my meal from there. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've found that's helped me be more consistent than having the same meal every day. It's about being organized too. If you have it there yeah. and ready to go, then you can just make the choice and make the healthy choice and you don't find yourself scrambling to, you know, find something out and about that might fit your macros. And I guess this conversation, this specific part of our conversation directly relates to having a goal-based approach to food. Like if you weren't, you know, training for powerlifting, then you might not be thinking in this headspace all the time like and it didn't and it might not have to be like that like you could probably just while you're at work say okay what's what can I get maybe I can get a piece of grilled chicken and a salad and that would still be you know it'd still do wonders for my macros but when you do have a goal in mind you do feel like you need to be a little bit more organized but do you think that that ever feels like a chore like cooking becomes just a chore even though you aren't you aren't doing an exact meal prep more like just yeah. making extra so you have it on hand does does it feel like a chore or do you still enjoy getting in the kitchen to prepare your food mm, I would say a bit of both I do I do enjoy cooking I do love cooking but sometimes I just really can't be bothered but <laughs> in saying that because I'm so driven towards my goal it's not hard for me to just get in there and get it done. Sometimes you just have to get it done. If you want something bad enough, you'll do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really find it hard to like to prep and to to cook. Like if if you want, yeah, like I said, if you want to do something bad enough, you'll do it. I make time to prep. Um, I'll put something else off so I can cook um, instead. Yeah. And do you ever think that you just really love getting in and just going all out and making a completely untracked meal? Do you ever yeah, do that? I do it all the time. Yeah, it's fun. It's more fun, right? Yeah, sometimes I'll just yeah, for and I'll know I'll still know roughly even if I don't track it like what what's in there. I'll know roughly how many calories, um, whether there's enough protein, enough carbs in there or not. But yeah, sometimes I'll do that. I'll just instead of weighing things and. Um, I'll just cook it purely for for the taste and the enjoyment of the meal. Like I'll yep. throw some extra olive oil in there. Yeah. Um, and just not care, you know? It does kind of become second nature anyway. Once you've been doing it for a while, it doesn't feel like it's work to track. But also in making an untracked meal, you can kind of by eye see, you know, yeah. I've probably gone over in fat tonight. So just that's keep that's an eye the on that. Of tracking comes into it. If you do it for a period of time, then you can come off tracking and you can look at a meal and you'll know you'll have a pretty good you may not be 100% accurate but you'll have a pretty good understanding of what's in that meal so yeah well that's good it's good not like, for everything yeah and for everything. well you can get trapped in it so it's important that we emphasize yes. that you should be even balanced when it comes to tracking tracking is a great tool that can help you have a really good balanced mindset when it comes to food but it's also something that you can obsess over and before you know it you're sitting in a restaurant with your family at night trying to find out how many calories carbs and fats are you know four slices of pizza's got in it and you're freaking out and you're and you should just be present in that moment with your family and worry about what you're eating later and deal with it at another stage so yeah it's important that people don't get too lost in it yeah and uh, I've, I've done that as well. I've been in restaurants and I've ordered a steak 
purely because you can see how many grams it is on the menu. I'm pretty I'm sure you've done that as well. 100%. I'm like, where can we go where I'll just be able to track that really easily? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I can afford to have a glass of wine or whatever as well. Yep. So, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So with this talk about our, about tracking and how good it how good it can be for people who have have especially struggled with diets in the past and not really understanding food for lifestyle, um, because of what you, the knowledge that you've imparted for me, I now see food as something that's not just for fuel or for enjoyment enjoyment, but it's also a way for me to connect. So talking about family. Um, you know, food is really something that you should be present in with no matter what you're eating. So for me, I know now that I connect with myself, my past, my family, my friends, my headspace at the time. I can I can see it on the plate almost, you know, you're having a really crap moment. You're not thinking about what you're eating. You just go for something that's super emotional and is you're just eating your feelings, right? So yeah. food is a lot more than just for fuel or enjoyment. We know that now. So do you think that in your understanding of nutrition – in the way that you understand it or perhaps something else that's happened to you in your life, whatever it might be, has given you a better appreciation for food? Mm. Um, for me, yeah, definitely. I feel like um, for me having that deeper understanding of nutrition compared to the average person, um, and this is something I try and give my clients as well so they can have the same experience. But when you have that bit extra knowledge on nutrition, um, like I said before, it allows you a bit more freedom um, to enjoy food guilt-free as well because, you know, um, like so many times I'll, I'll go out with some friends and say one of them is is trying to to be conscious about what they're eating or trying to lose weight and they'll go no I can't have that because it's got carbs in it and they think that carbs is the enemy carbs is what's making them fat um, where we know we know that's incorrect um, and if you have that that knowledge you can you can sit there and be like well it's not the type of food it's it's how much I have of it so I can make a con conscious decision of not to smash a whole bowl of chips, I might just have a few. So you can still enjoy the food, but you it's the quantity of it. Yeah. I remember when I was coming off, um, what the thing that you just said made me think about this. When I was coming off my comp and I was starting to learn how to bring more foods into my diet, um, and it was a very slow process, but I distinctly recall the first time that I sat in a cafe and I had this gigantic burger and side of mm -hmm. chips in front of me and um you know I was with a group of friends and everything and I remember one girl who had who wasn't really that in tune with my journey she she made it a very 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 in what the time felt like it was a hurtful comment but I know she didn't mean anything she mm -hmm. just said I just don't understand how someone who looks like you can eat what you're eating and all of a sudden I just felt like oh my goodness I've worked really hard for this burger mm -hmm. like I've actually been depriving myself of things like this for so long and I'm sure that because I've ordered it it's because my body needs the extra fat yeah. and the extra carbs the extra calories and I'm sitting here trying to enjoy it and now you've completely turned me off it and I feel completely guilty for eating this in front of you because I know that I still 
look so comp ready, but it's still very fresh. And I'm now trying to build myself up to, um, you know, getting to a, a more realistic body body shape for all year round, not just comp ready. So when you hear people commenting on people's food, especially, um, you know, your circle of friends or people that you love, have you ever had that situation where someone says to you, how, or even just to you, like, how do you eat that much? And you still look so in shape all the time. Like, that's not fair. Like, I wish I could eat as much as you and still look that good. Yeah. Like for me, if, yeah, that's just, coming from a from an uneducated point of view um from like and it happens to me all the time um like I'm not a small person I'm close to 100 kilos and six foot two um and not not the leanest person not comp ready lean but like I would say I'm quite lean as well um so my calorie intake is quite high like I'm over 4,000 most days between four to five thousand which gives you a lot of freedom with the foods that you can eat because yeah. you have such a high amount of calories that you can have. So yes, it happens to me all the time. Like I might have a couple of donuts and someone will tell me, how can you eat that and, and look the way you do? And well, it's because I'll have this, you see this meal that I'm having of one or two donuts, but you don't, you haven't seen the rest of my day where my lunch was fish, sweet potato and veggies. And I'll have a, dim, a dinner that is similar to that. So yeah. So I'm assuming you never feel guilty then about no, what you I eat. Don't. <laughs> I don't. It's beautiful freedom to have, you know, and yeah. it takes years and it takes um and it takes knowledge to build up to that. Because, you know, I don't know I don't know that many people who can sit and confidently, especially after a comment like what I received, um, and enjoy their meal. Like it came came at me thick and fast when people started seeing me um, move away from my comp diet and enjoying more foods. People were like, how is it that you're eating all that? And I'm like, the weight gain will come. You have to understand I'm currently in a huge long-term deficit. I've got a long way to go before my body can even register that I'm consuming more calories. And yes, I am still training like five days a week and still eating super clean the majority of the time. So, you know, like this, like I work for this meal and, you know, and it will take time for me to be able to freely enjoy stuff like this, especially if someone like you is going to continually comment on what's on my plate, Um, you know, you and freedom around food and, you know, reducing that whole guilt, especially if you know you've earned it. If you've done, you know, like three weeks in a deficit and you've been training super hard and eating really clean, then, you know, I'm not saying that you should binge because that's unhealthy as well. Like you should be balanced and and enjoy things in your everyday so you don't feel the need to go all out. Like that's how you prevent it. I know. I know what it's like to when you first come off comp and you just eat all the foods and yeah. then you're incredibly unwell. But if you include something that you enjoy every day, then there's no guilt. There's no binge. You just you just eat and you just know exactly how much you should be eating of that fun food. So yeah, it can be really difficult to find that, to find that freedom. And I can't sit here and say that I, I completely understand like how you felt when that person made that comment, because I personally have never prepped for a, a comp, a bodybuilding comp. I've never dieted like that and been at that body fat percentage. So I can't relate. I wouldn't know what that's like, but I could imagine that 
being in such a deficit and such a low body fat percentage that as a woman, your, your body is just not designed to be in that position. Like it would be such, um, an emotionally and mentally fragile state as well. Yeah. Someone making a comment like that, that can have a big impact on you. Huge. Like they might not, they might say it and not even know that they've said it. They might not even think about it again, but saying that to someone like in your position, like you could go, you could dwell on that for months. Yeah. It can have a big impact. Well, the fact that I'm still bringing it up today shows how much of an impact it did make at that point in my life when you're looking for support and you're looking to, you know, um, get back into the swing of a positive relationship with food and enjoyment and socialisation because preparing for a comp can be um, extremely, extremely difficult on all your relationships like if you're married like I'm I'm, I've been married for eight years so my husband's experienced it with me you know your your closest family your parents especially me as an Italian girl like it has a huge effect so I think people do make those comments and I think I've probably even made them before it's because people are worried about themselves not because they're so invested in you and what you look like but they're looking at themselves going what's on my plate, why have I made this decision to order this food or to make this food for myself and what is really going on in my headspace that has caused me to make this decision. So I think people, yeah, usually speak because of what they're experiencing, not because of how they really feel about you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and it could have come out of, like you said, out of a place where, um, like you had that meal on your plate and maybe it's something like the, that person would have as well. And, and they make that connection that like, they'll just assume you guys have the same diet, but they're wondering why you look different um, where they don't know the context that what you've been doing the past few months or like what the rest of your meals look like. Um, they don't see that, that hard work as well. They just see, there's just, see it like an unfair it's just unfair yeah and food is emotional for people like and they do dwell on things when they look at their plate and they look at other people's plate and then they you know and for some reason this whole idea of food and the way that we look has just completely blown out of proportion especially for these younger generations now and for our generation as well like you know the two things just someone mentions food and someone mentions fitness and all of a sudden it looks really bland and boring and scary. And, you know, if you have a good body, then somebody's automatically assuming that you're on some kind of diet or that you're doing something extraordinary and that you should, that, yeah. that you are this, you know, pinnacle of, of health and, and that particular way of living. So, yeah. So I think that we all need to be mindful of people's head spaces when we make certain comments about food. Yeah. Yeah, And it's one of my goals as a coach as well to educate my clients um, so they can, like, my goal, for, like, if you sat in that, you went in that situation again and the same person said the same thing to you, but you could then make the judgment of, um, like, it's not, it's not that I'm eating this food, like, it's, it's the quantity of it and how I can manage that in the rest of my diet, say you weren't in that comfort phase, but it happened to you now and you went out um, and you're in, in quite good shape and you're having a burger and chips and you factored it into your diet and someone makes a comment like that and you can turn around and say, well, it's not, 
you know, it's not that I'm eating this food, it's that it's the quantity that I'm having and, and how I've prepared for that today and how I've factored that in to my diet and I can make it work. So if I can give my clients the knowledge to, to be flexible with their food and have a balanced diet, then yeah, that's one of the best things I can do for them. And you do do it. You do it really well. Um, that's something that I definitely tell people about when I speak about my coach Hayden. <laughs> I definitely yeah. say how much I've learned about food and how far I've come, um, you know, in these couple of short years that I've been working with you. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been a huge eye-opener and just, you know, developing a new language around food as well has been something that I know that I work on a lot with you and there are moments that I know you get really shitty with me because I'll start mm-hmm. saying, oh, I just, you know, I really went all out on the weekend and, and I know that I'll make it back in, in the week because I'll work really hard but I'll still have a whinge about it. So it's a process and it's a journey. Um, but, yeah, like definitely imparted a lot of knowledge. Um, so speaking of things that you can't relate to when it comes to me, I remember the other day we were having a a chat and I, we were talking about the comp, um, and you said that you couldn't relate to the experience that I mentioned. And I'll just give a quick, um, I'll just give a quick recap of that. I was saying how, um, during, like towards the end of my, of the, you know, towards those last weeks of my comp prep and leading up to my competition, it was like, randomly this peak um fresh fig season (laughs) and I was just totally obsessed with figs for some reason and I know that a lot of that comes down to my childhood and always having grandparents grow fresh figs and me enjoying them straight from the tree and just you know it's a nostalgic flavor for me something that I'm really emotionally connected to on a deeper level because it it just means you know sitting out with the family and just kind of having a chat, playing some cards, eating some figs from the tree. And I was thinking about them all the way towards the end of my comp prep and um, and I was talking about them. I was like, I can't wait to have like half a dozen figs and a little bit of ricotta and honey with it and it would just be awesome. And I was, my sister-in-law asked me, is there a particular food that you're looking forward to having um, you know, when you finish comp. And I said, well, you, it's hard to pinpoint what I really want, but I actually just could go some figs. Like, and she just thought that was so weird. Like she was thinking I'd say I just want a pizza or I want some donuts or something like that. But I'm like, just can't wait to eat figs. I love them. Your response. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, I had my competition. I had lots of family support and then, we got to this family gathering and everything and I was just pumped for the food. I'm like, I'm going to have a maddest feed and it's going to feel so good to eat all the food that I've missed. And my sister-in-law just rocked up with this massive box of these gigantic homegrown fresh figs. And I kid you not, like I started crying. I told you this, hating you were like, okay, relax. <laughs> just, it's just food, but... And you said that you couldn't relate to it, but for me it was everything. It was like the flavour, the nostalgia, the, the memories, the, the childhood moments and something that I wasn't allowing myself to have that I really, really wanted for more than just the fact that they taste amazing. It was because it's just something that's a part of my life and my family and something that comes really naturally to just be able to eat figs without saying, crap, what have I just done? I've just eaten way too many carbs. 
Yeah. So I, and you said, I just completely cannot relate to that. But what I do want to know is if you do have a particular emotional food memory and you don't have to have one, but I'm hoping that you do. Um, I, I don't have one. I couldn't single out one in particular, but for me, like when you talk about food and like, um, oh, I guess I could, I would say um, eating out with my girlfriend, Sarah, I would say probably the first couple of times that we went out um, and enjoyed a nice meal together. That's probably something that comes to my mind first. Um, and yeah, anytime we go out together, um, like enjoying a fine dining, it could be fine dining or it could be, I love Korean barbecue as well, Korean Japanese barbecue. Um, and there's such different, different settings, but um, especially with barbecues, like the atmosphere of it, you're be sitting around a fire cooking food for each other. Um, I love that. But on the other side, like enjoying a, a fine dining meal, we have such, such nice flavors and um, the food is so nice to look at and the decorations as well. I really enjoy that too. Yeah, your sense is awakened. But I like yeah. that you said, you know, that any time that you eat with your girlfriend because sometimes it's not, exactly what you're eating but who you're eating with that creates the memory like it could just be absolutely rubbish but if you have a beautiful connection with the person that you're sitting with then you'll forever remember going to that restaurant and the food might always be rubbish but you might just go there to bring back the memories or it might just be your spot that you go to so yeah that's good I like it that's another good point to make like going back to what you were saying about how you used to meal prep and cook the same thing all the time you'd have the chicken and broccoli just Mm. like having variety in your ingredients and having some color on your plate it it makes such a difference mentally as well not just physically like the, the mental and emotional benefits of looking at a nice plate of food compared to like chicken brown rice and broccoli um yeah it's just makes a massive difference as well so i think and like that's like where you're coming from as well like you're looking at food for it's it's a it's mental and emotional benefits as well which i think is is overlooked a lot of the time yeah definitely especially in the fitness industry especially if you become really consumed by your training and whatnot All right, Hayden, well, we're almost wrapping up, but there's one last thing that I want to just um, ask you to kind of bring us to an end and sum up everything that we've spoken about today. So that would be, how would you describe the place that food has in your life? Oh, geez. Um, It's definitely a massive part in my life. Um, One of my biggest goals is like achieving I'll probably, no one's ever going to get optimal, like the perfect health, but the closer I can get to that, the happier I am. And it's about longevity as well. Um, And nutrition is such a massive part in that. Um, Like for me, I think about with my nutrition and training, like where is this going to put me in a few years time or a few decades time or when I'm older as well? Like you know, I'll probably have kids at some stage and those kids will probably have grandkids. So when I'm that age, when I'm like my 70s, 80s and 90s, what like what state do I want to be in? Do I want to be in a wheelchair or not being able to move around much? Or 
do I want to be out playing with them? So um, that's something I think about a lot when it comes to nutrition and, and my training and yeah. Okay. But not just long-term, but in, in the moment as well, like in, in the short term, I really love the, the impact you can, you can make with nutrition on your health and, and the benefits from it and how much that can improve all aspects of your life. A hundred percent. Happy gut, happy brain. It all goes together. Happy everything. Happy everything. You have everything to, does well. yeah. So it's definitely, it's definitely a good way to think of food and um, yeah. And you've definitely shared some really beautiful moments that you've had with, with food and in your learning and tracking. And I'm really, really grateful that we've been able to have that conversation about um, macros and Paolo and that whole journey, because I know that um, my views on food have been challenged and changed for the better because of your mentorship. And I'm really grateful that the fitness industry actually has people like Paolo and yourself that can guide people in the right relationship with food and, you know, make that side of training a positive experience so that relationships with food aren't always damaged, which is something that I've experienced. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great way to finish up the episode. And like I was saying with the longevity, like we all want to live long, healthy lives. But if if you're going for that longevity, what's the point of living a long life if all you eat is chicken and broccoli? Like you want to enjoy yourself as well. So you need, you do need the balance there. And, um, having having the knowledge to to get the most out of that balance and yeah yeah amen to that that's true you you do need to find the joy in it something that that i like to teach my clients and hope to to get across yeah you do you're a legend hayden sometimes (laughs) sometimes it just takes longer with some some people than it does with others some of us hard heads where we get through to no you do a great job and really grateful for it and i know all your clients do love that part of your mentorship so yeah you're a lot more than just a personal trainer you really are a coach and you do it extraordinarily well so yeah well hopefully I uh hopefully I do do a good job of getting that across and um <laughs> you do getting across that it's not it's not that complex like all the stuff that I teach you when I teach my other clients it's all it's all very simple um but it's all about finding strategies that work for you and how to adhere adhere and be consistent over a long period of time and um in most cases like if the food the types of food that you're having already is we can work with it's just the quantity then yes we'll like we'll change it that way i don't want to change up someone's diet completely and say this is what i eat this is what works for me so you have to do the same no we can work with what you're doing already we just have to make a few adjustments yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good to respect people's identity in that way and you are really good at it, Hayden. Yeah, so like for example with you, you have so much good food around you with your family and, and your cooking as well. Why would we take that out of your diet? Yeah. <laughs> Why would we do that and work with it? Yeah, it's unnatural. So, no. yeah, I love that. What a good way to end just talking about longevity and, yeah, what's the point in having a long life if you're not going to find any joy in what you're putting in exactly. your system? That's great. Thanks so much, Hayden. I hope you enjoyed having a chat. And I, I know I did. It's going to be really, really great to get um, to, for other people to hear what you had to say today. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for having me on, Beck. Thanks, Hayden. See ya. Bye.
If you'd like to connect with me, you can reach out on my socials at For Fork's Sake Podcast. That's on Instagram and Facebook, or you can even drop me an email for Fork's Sake Podcast at gmail.com.